Now, please remain standing for a reading of God's Word. Brothers, uh, this evening we just have one verse, and it's not verse 16, but it's verse 15, Exodus 20, verse 15, which very simply reads, You shall not steal. And that, my friends, is the Word of God. Please have a seat. You shall not steal. This is the Eighth Commandment. I want to remind you, uh, we, 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 really, we really should know the Ten Commandments. We should, we should memorize the Ten Commandments. But, you know, if there should be any doubt as to what you should do, the golden rule is it's just such a good summary. And I keep, I keep reading all these notes I have in front of me. So, you know, the matter is quite simple. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto yourself. Would I enjoy people taking things that are mine and just running off with them? Well, no. Everybody knows. So I'm going to preach this sermon anyway, okay? But I want, I want you to know I'm strongly tempted to say good night, you know, because there's no sense beating into this into anybody. It's just, I don't know that any culture... Uh, any culture uh, enjoys stealing as a virtue. Uh, you, you can steal from an enemy in military uh, situations, and, you know, and there's always an exception to things. War is war. And I don't want to get into the ethics of war, but this is something that is obvious, so I'm going to go a little bit fast. I, I, I think, let's see, there's a few young people here. Yeah, I'll, I'll slow down for some of the application that may be not so well understood or may not be in convention, the wisdom of the day. But by and large, this makes a lot of sense. Look, the Eighth Commandment requires uh, for you to make lawful procuring, that is, purchasing. You have, to, you have to buy things lawfully. And you have to further, you should always have your heart set on furthering the wealth and outward estate of, of yourself and others. There's nothing wrong with wealth. A lot of unusual ideas are out there these days, as if, you know, wealthy people are denuding the planet of the mahogany forests, and, and their carbon footprint is huge, and so they need to be executed. You know, there's all kinds of things out there. But honestly, the Lord uh, wants us to be blessed as long as it doesn't interfere with our calling in Christ, as long as we don't make uh, other things our idols, He is very good and he, he supplies our life with abundance of things so that our, our, we're satisfied with many good things and the goodness of God has shown forth in our lives. We love the Lord more for His goodness uh, in providing many, many things to us. Uh, so, Let's not be stingy and think that God wants us to be poor, nor should we want our neighbors to be cheated out of, out of good things. We, we, we want them to rejoice in the goodness of God as well. I mean, that's Paul's apologetics in, in Acts chapter, chapter 17. I mean, if, you know, he sends you rains and seasons and fills your hearts with good things, and wow, uh, 
there's an abundance of good things, but it, that's, that's not what life with God is about. It's not about the abundance of many, many things. And yet, as long as we are on earth, we will receive many things from God, but we must always procure them lawfully. And we almost, we, we, would, we want to rejoice in the, in the progress of our neighbor's estate as well. Okay? All right. Now, this commandment, you should not steal, involves, uh, it requires truth, uh, in contracts, faithfulness in contracts. Once we write something, we need to stand by our covenant. Uh, and it, they must be fair, as, as understood in the minds of the contractors. Um, and this is anything dealing with, with exchange of, uh, of possessions, of commodities, commerce between man and man. That's what this is about. That's a positive thing, stated positively. That's what we're about to do. We, we, we need to enjoin fairness, faithfulness, justice in, our, in all our commercial dealings. We are to render everyone to his due. That is to say, <laughs> if we hire someone uh, to mow the lawn for a certain price, uh, then we are to pay him that. And if he's done a good job, that's up to you. You can pay him more, but certainly don't give him less if your word has been to, to give him that much. Render everyone to his due. You're not to delay payment uh, uh, any length of time. You, you are not to withhold good when it is in your hand to, to do it, to, to give the good. If you have uh, something that belongs to somebody, and it's uh, if, you're, if you're keeping these, these things unlawfully, that is to say, if you borrowed something and you like it a lot, and you feel, well, you know, it'd be nice if I had these. Maybe he'll forget that he loaned me this. Maybe I'll just keep this fine book, whatever. These are, these are goods that are unlawfully detained from their right owners, and they, they need to be restored. There's a restitution. This is one law, a moral law, that I think must be upheld in New Testament times that has nothing to do with the Old Testament case law. If you stole something, you are to return it. And I'm not going to give the multiplier that the Hebrew of, uh, civic law says, you know, add one-fifth to it or four times restitution. I'm not going to say that. But in the very least, uh, you should restore them. And if there's a time equity of money in there, think about that. Do a little calculation and say, if this were in the bank, what would that be worth, etc.? And pay him for your trouble. If he bought a bottle of aspirin because he missed his violin, buy him a bottle of aspirin because you know, he missed his violin. All right? And giving and lending freely, according to our abilities and the necessities of others. In other words, uh, charity is not to be uh, of compulsion. The Lord loves a cheerful giver, but there is just there's justice in charity. Okay, there's a sense in which in the New Testament the the rich don't have too much and the poor don't have too little. So you keep that in mind, and uh, you can work through the gray, the gray area there. Sometimes it's difficult to know when you need to hold on to your money and save for your children's college fund or your, or your I, I don't know, whatever you have planned. But the Lord guide us all in this. and let, uh, let, let us keep that equity in mind that there is an equity and to ask the Lord for wisdom. Um, worldly goods are not to be worshipped. Even the things that are very, very valuable to you you must render moderation of judgment. Otherwise, this will affect, uh, as it were, the worth of the object. And any disequity in material objects 
it really uh, breaks into the moral equity of this commandment not to steal. Um, and that is to say, you may think something's worth far more than it is, and if you were to sell it, uh, you would wrangle a high price from someone. It's, it may not be equitable. Um, there is a stewardship involved with everything you own. And this is another point my notes read in the larger catechism, but provident care and study to keep, use, and dispose of things that are necessary and convenient for sustaining your life, your nature, suitable to your condition. Very, very general terms, okay? But what you're saying is uh, a right stewardship uh, is required of every Christian, and we are accountable to God. There is a judgment for bad stewardships. I give you much by way of talent. I give you many material talents. They're not spiritual gifts. Those are natural talents. But the Lord has given you dominion, and he's given you uh, 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 leadership and uh and authority in some sections. And so are you using these wisely? And if you're not, you're breaking the commandment. Okay? Um, now, as you earn your money, it must be in a lawful calling. There are vocations that are not lawful, and you are making money. That is to say, there are, there are professions that are legal in today's world, but they're not lawful. Uh, I would say abortion clinics, you know, are unlawful to the moral code of God. And so whether the state regards them as legal or not, that's another issue. You are not to be an abortionist. You are to be a physician, and if a mother is caught in an emergency and is in peril of losing her life, that's not an abortion call. That's not the reason you, you, you have an abortion clinic. Uh, you have a hospital to tend to uh, the, the critical needs of a mother whose uh, pregnancy has gone bad. That's a far different thing than running an abortion clinic, okay? Also, the Eighth Commandment requires frugality. Now this, again, <laughs> it just seems as though you, I'm talking out of both ends of my mouth and saying, look, you, the Lord wants you to know his goodness in your life and he's gonna give you good things and now you're, you're saying you need to be frugal. Yeah, uh, you can comply with those. I, 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 it's uh, you need wisdom. You need wisdom, and, and uh, again, the more the moral law, the moral law is an absolute law, and yet it applies to a, a heart that is that belongs to God, man who is made reasonable and upright, and he's to take these. Teachings and they're, they're part of his. They're part of your moral fiber, so that when when you transgress, there's something in you that wells up and touches conscience, or your or the spirit of God comes to you, illumines your mind, and then convict, convicts. So it, it's an open universe. You yourself are open to the response of your own moral nature, your conscience as it speaks to you, as if it were another person. I'm kind of dissociating your conscience from yourself but in this exercise, but I, let's just do that. Your conscience speaks to you, and the Lord speaks to you through conscience and through his word and many other th ways, through your friends. And so you don't have to be 
cheap, and always buying $2.95 shirts, but you can be frugal and buying a good suit, a good quality suit that will last and is a wise purchase and not purchase six of them. Uh, so, that, and that, so you can be frugal, okay. Uh, avoiding unnecessary lawsuits and sewardship, uh, things like that. You can get entangled in litigation uh, that interrupts commerce, uh, interrupts trust. It serves no, no good purpose. Uh, lo lawyers are necessary in the fallen world. We're glad to have lawyers. They can they become very very handy to protect the uh, protect the innocent. They protect a lot of businesses with law. But let us not have a mind that is always at court. Um, <laughs> I remember when I had that bicycle spill, <laughs> and uh, I just wanted the lady with the four chihuahuas, you know, to please pick up some of the hospital expenses, you know, the out of pocket. And so we went to court, you know, to help me out here because you should have had those dogs on a leash. And uh, the plaintiff on the other side said, we've seen you here before. This is not your first case. And I said, what? <laughs> Somebody's borrowed my name. I've never appeared in any court in this land or any other land but for the purposes of suing any litigation. Now, we won the case and I have yet to receive a dime. Uh, but at least we won a case, you know. The dogs should not have run after me and, and hurt, hurt me, all right? But if I were to keep that up, the plaintiffs, you know, would have said, yeah, ah, he's always over. He's, he's here basically three times a year, especially around tax season. He needs money, so he's going to be, yeah. Don't, don't be often in the courts suing your neighbors. This, this spirit doesn't help anybody. Uh, by every endeavor and all just and lawful means, you are to uh, procure and preserve and further the wealth and outward state of others as well as your own. That, that may not be a popular idea anymore among the, 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 this, this coming generation. Um, I don't know of anybody who believes the only rule of ethics is uh, Darwinian evolution, the survival of the fittest, uh, feels compelled to help uh, less capable, less intelligent people uh, to, to enjoy a good life and procure wealth. But we, we are to help one another with that. Competition needs to be reasonable and moderate. We cannot, uh, we cannot consider our business competitors our enemies. We are not to annihilate the uh, opposing baseball team or basketball team. Uh, you don't have to have the A team playing uh, your opponent when the, when the football score is 70 to zero. You don't have to play the A team. Why don't you throw in the C team for crying out loud? You know? All right. So the Eighth Commandment requires lawful procuring and furthering the wealth and outward estate of ourselves and others. Second and last point. That's the positive end of the commandment. And negatively, as the, co the commandment is stated, the commandment forbids whatever does not or may unjustly hinder our own or our neighbor's wealth or outward estate. 
All of them neglected the things that I just mentioned above, that's, that's a breach of the commandment. Uh, I, I want to say that th this law does not only apply to Christians or to Jews. This is a moral law that applies to everyone. And it applies to everyone individually and it applies, and applies to everyone in aggregate. So it applies to communities, how they are to run uh, their treasuries. It applies to states, how they are to govern their resources and trade. It applies to nations, monetary policy. Okay? There's quite a bit here that God will require people in authority to answer to. And unfortunately, many of the decisions that are reached uh, that affect vast numbers of people are done by by committees and by corporations. Uh, it was R.L. Dabney used to call it, oh yes, the soulless corporation. Nobody's at fault in particular, but everybody's in fault because it, it was a corporate decision. Uh, and corporations won't go to hell. You know, but individual souls, yeah, the Lord will hold you responsible. We can't diffuse responsibility by joining commissions and committees. Now, you can state your dissent, you can vote yay or nay, whatever. But just be careful uh, with, with that, okay? Um, tampering with, with wealth, as is done in social engineering, especially in uh, the early 20th century when all this began to, to take shape and in the forms of macroeconomics, can do enormous good if they're just and enormous bad if they're unjust, uh, and I won't lecture tonight on that. Theft, robbery, uh, man-stealing. Okay, here we have a prohibition in Scripture against stealing. Many people who end up as slaves are not indentured slaves uh, coming forth freely under contract to work as uh, a slave for a time under contract. Some of those people were abducted cruelly. Some of those are uh, prisoners of war. I, I don't know that when you abolish a nation, they have any national rights anymore, but they certainly have some human dignity left. The moral law moderates that. You are not to take a man from his tribe whether it be Africa or Portugal or Cuba or any of the Indians of the Caribbean, you're not to take him forcibly and sell him. That's man stealing. And he becomes a slave, but he was, and so it be, it's, it's no different than if, well, it's no different than what, I, what, what faced me at, uh, in the Festival of Bluegrass. I saw a gorgeous Gibson banjo for sale for practically nothing. I said, it's impossible that this thing should be made available to me at this price. It's, it's far too low, like five times too low. If this is indeed a 1937 Gibson five-string banjo, it's worth five times this. I'm not touching this. This thing is stolen. Same thing with slaves. Same things with man-stealing. And, and you are guilty. You, you, and that, and that, needs to be, that needs to be looked at. I know it's difficult in times of war to obscure. The war obscures everything. Politics obscures everything. The Bible does not condemn slavery wholesale. 
it condemns man-stealing wholesale. Absolutely. Okay? Keep that in mind. If your fingers are going to get burned. If you, I mean, well, not that we're going to get involved in that sin, but you can't, you, can't, you can't speak of these things justly unless we understand the distinction. Fraudulent dealing, false weights and measures, removing the landmarks, uh, you know, playing, playing, uh, playing games with the, with, the, uh, with, with, with the markings downtown on your property, uh, injustice and unfaithfulness in contracts between man and man, you say you will take a man uh, to the airport, and how much will that be? Uh, I estimate forty, forty dollars, and and he gets there, and all of a sudden it's eighty, and it's marked on the machine, and now you—that's it, it, not reasonable. How did how did it jump hundred percent like that? So you need to be faithful with your word, whether it's word of mouth or written. Again, I don't believe that we need to be so litigious in this thing, even in the PCA. In the PCA, if something happens in the church and it's not documented on paper, it never happened. So that's the difference between procedure and principle. The Lord will judge every word out of our mouth, whether it can be proven on a piece of paper or not. So you've got to be very careful, my friends. There is a distinction between proper process and righteousness. I did everything, I did everything by the book. Which book? God's book? If so, fine. But if you didn't do, do what you in a manner that's pleasing to God, it doesn't matter what the rest of it looks like. All right. Engrossing commodities to enhance the price. We're not farmers here. Maybe you have a commodity that are as precious. It could be energy. I don't know. Maybe you're storing energy somewhere, you guys. I don't know what you guys do for a hobby. But if we have uh, if we have a high demand of energy and you're waiting, uh, you know, if I just wait till one in the morning, at, you know, peak hours here, I'll have everybody on their knees, then I will sell at a high price. Some of that is prudence and some of that is price gouging. Be careful. Are you loving your neighbor? Are you really loving your neighbor when you, when you do that? In fact, a lot of what we do in the market appears to be a zero-sum game. Are we really to be celebrated when we cash out and leave this guy in rags? I don't, how is that loving my neighbor? I, help me out here, guys, come on. Let's think through these things. Unlawful callings, all other unjust or simple ways of taking or withholding from our neighbor. Look, if, if, if you have a job and it employs you on the Lord's Day and it involves sustaining life or protecting life, hospitals, fire department, a, a pharmacy, if you're in security and needs, somebody needs protection from an enemy, is a high dignity, a dignitary, yeah, yeah. That's not, that's, the Lord understands you. You are valuing life. But if, if your job is basically to entertain people, to hit a, a little ball over yonder fence. I, I, I like baseball, but I can't see that as something that is a lawful calling. And that's why I'm not a third baseman, guys. That's the only reason I'm not a third baseman. I'm very quick with my hands. I got a strong throw the first, but I, I can't play on Sunday. And that's why I'm up here, not on third base. Okay? You believe that? <laughs> wow. All right. Um, Covetousness, 
transgresses this commandment. Inordinate, prizing, and affecting worldly goods. I've already spoken about that. Distrustful and distracting cares and studies and getting, keeping, and using them. The idea is this. Uh, you, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. If you have distracting cares about your possessions, then you're robbing something else of something. It could be your spouse of time. It could be uh, your children um, uh, of, of their, their clothing. It could be uh, a friend or a neighbor of, of breakfast. Anything. You, you, you have to show moderation and equity and just stewardship in everything that you own. Um, now, envying of the prosperity of others. Now, we jump, we jump to conclusions. This man made it wealthy. This man has made an enormous amount of wealth in his life. He must have cheated. He's not that intelligent. Uh, no, what did he do? Get a, 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 a vast inheritance from his parents? No, 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 no. But how did he get so much money? He must have done something wrong. I'm working like a dog, and I can't make, I can't make ends meet. Uh, that's not true. In fact, the whole the whole idea that God that God is nowhere in the picture in macroeconomics, and that men by planning and scheming and having the right a view of economics is going to bring prosperity. Well, in the early 20th century, that view was dubbed witchcraft. Because the only way that men prosper is by the blessing of God. Now, there are causes. There, there, are, there are principles, such as the principle of ownership and real estate, the things that make for progress. But as for one uh, enjoying prosperity and the other one not enjoying it, that's of God. A person may have vast holdings and not enjoy prosperity. It's not in the abundance of what you're holding. It's, it's the Lord's blessing of it and giving you a heart of contentment to enjoy it. The, the most pathetic thing in the world is a wealthy man that can't seem to <laughs> delight in anything he has. That's horrible. And yet there are plenty of people that are less privileged and they seem to be content because the sky is blue and the air is free and they can walk. Okay? Envying the prosperity of others. Be careful with that. Be careful. That, that is a very... And envy is, is beyond jealousy. Envy has a tinge of, of revenge to it that you wish them harm because you are not, you're not as advantaged. Now that sentiment is rampant in America today. There's a radical element that must level everything. And if we're not all equal, then I'm not, I'm not wearing shoes until somebody gives me everything they have to make everything equal. Well, that's a fleeting, that's a fleeting utopian dream, okay? Idleness uh, is to be condemned. Unless, and, and that's not mean that you can't rest. That's a, that, 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 that is a caricature of the Puritan position. The Puritans had plenty of rest. Don't you know that they had front porches? Don't, don't you know that they loved the, sh the, the shade of, a, of an oak tree in the grass? Yeah, they had plenty of rest. Idleness, a man who's resting under a tree is resting deliberately, so he's not idle. 
He knows he needs rest, and so he's resting. He's not idle. An idle man has nothing to do, not even rest. <laughs> he's completely worthless. Again, prodigality. Just money, just he's a sieve. Everything goes through him. And, and to no purpose at all. It's just like casting the seed upon all, every single field he can with no discretion. Prodigality, wasteful, wasteful gaming. Now here's, here's, a, here's a modifier. The, the, the assembly didn't say gaming. It, it said wasteful gaming. There, there are ways that uh, mathematically... No, I, I, sh I, sh I shouldn't take a sermon. I'll, I'll talk to you later about probability uh, and how it enters mathematically into providence and all that. I, I, won't, I won't lecture here. But let's, let just, let's just affirm that I think they got this right. Wasteful gaming. As if the resources of money, ah, they're just chips. Let her fly. No, those chips could be used for something good. And the Lord will hold you accountable for despising the good things that he gives you. All other ways whereby we do unduly prejudice our own outward estate and defraud ourselves of the due use and comfort of that estate which God has given us. And we can rob ourselves by being ignorant, by being indolent, by being idle. You see? And we are not to harm ourselves. And we are not to harm our neighbors. Okay. The conclusion is what? God says, don't steal. And all these things can work out from that. Okay? Now, to help you with that, uh, when we look at the 10th commandment about not coveting, that's a great commandment. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gateway commandment because it, it helps us to keep other commandments in mind. If we are content, then we will serve God out of gratitude. So we, we're less prone to have idols, right? I mean, our heart natively is not given to contentment. No, no, it's not. Our heart is natively given to idols and covetousness. So if, in the, in the, if by the Spirit you're mortifying the deeds of the body, which are idols, uh, your heart is an idol factory, says Calvin, and covetousness, then, my friends, to the extent that we are content, we are keeping this commandment. And it really mollifies against theft. And if you have been um, a thief, Paul says you are to, put, you are to do something, uh, again, it's beyond restitution. It's the whole man turning it from a, being a thief to being a, a charitable soul. So rather than steal, work so you have something to give to someone. And that's what, I, what we long to see in, in, true, in true repentance. In true repentance, we have faith. We, we, we have confession of sin. And we have a, a, a turning to God. We have an actionable difference in obedience with zeal to the contrary direction. And notably so. Lots of energy there to clear God's name and to clear your own name. That is the perfection of repentance. And that's what we want to see if we have been thieves. Uh, who was that little guy, Zacchaeus? You know, he's up on the sycamore tree. 
The Lord calls him down, Zacchaeus, come on down. I, I must sup with you this evening. Oh, and Zacchaeus is elated. Oh, Lord, this is great. You know, listen, I, uh, if I have harmed anybody, then I, listen, anybody come to me. If I've cheated anybody out of taxes or whatever, I'll pay them back fourfold, okay? And Jesus says, yeah, today, salvation has come to this house. It's beautiful. See how easy it is? It's joyful. It, 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 it leads to... Uh, action in a completely different direction with zeal and in a great public way he wants people to know yes I've really you all know me this little guy in the tree you know who I am <laughs> just come on over and I'll make it good for you <laughs> what a wonderful story I love that Zacchaeus can't wait to meet him let him who has stolen then repent and learn how to give zealously uh, graciously um And of, of course, the Lord loves a cheerful heart, and we have, we have the promise uh, that uh, if we do these things, that he will abundantly care for you. You'll be supplied with all you need. The Lord is your shepherd. It's a, it's a general promise, but, but a specific promise to those who are able to break with, with covetousness, break with idolatry, and be charitable that uh, the Lord will show you himself abundant in, in your life. You, you, you will not have to worry about these things. He'll take, he'll take care of you. And if you fall into some financial problems, he'll give you a happy heart just the same. He's going to take care of you. But most likely he'll take care of you in surprising ways. There's, there's no... He's not, he's gonna, he's not, he's not a, a, a cheat. He's very faithful to his word. So in order to not steal... In order to fulfill this commandment, you need the spirit because of the flesh profits nothing. And without Christ, we can do nothing. So uh, call upon his name. Believe in the Lord Jesus as one who is able to do all things uh, to help you obey him, to give you a spirit and a heart. And not only to keep this commandment, but the whole moral, the whole moral law he'll, he'll write in your heart. That's, that's, that's what we love about the new man. The new man has the whole law of God, which the, the finger of God wrote in stone, the letters in ink and letters in stone, they don't, they don't save anybody. They just tell people what ought to be. But the Spirit writing it on your heart now gives you life. It gives you an impulse so that you move in the direction and are by and by, but the Spirit's help uh, walking in the light of God and fulfilling the law of God by and by. You know, we sin, we repent, and we recover and we walk with our Lord. That is by faith in Jesus Christ. And if Christ is in you, uh, he will turn you uh, into this kind of person. And he will do it for your safety, your soul, and for his own glory. Let's pray. Now, Lord, uh, we thank you for your good teaching. All your commandments are wholesome. And we thank you, Lord, that you abundantly bless, that you give us more than our necessary bread every day. You, you feed us bountifully because you love us so. And we pray that we would be good stewards of all that you give us and not count them as trinkets, but uh, as precious gifts. Help us to be frugal, help us to be wise, help us to, uh, in every way, uh, enjoy industry and commerce and uh, and be fair, rejoice, rejoice when our neighbors 
do well in business. Even our competitors help us to rejoice when our competitors do well in business. We ask this, Lord, because this is the mind of Christ, and we seek to please you in all things, and this commandment of keeping will please you. Help us in this way, in Christ. Amen. Let's sing our last hymn.